Welcome to the Aiden Mari Podcast, where we explore faith, the Bible, and trying to better follow Jesus. I'm your host, Aiden Mari, and this week we are continuing our series in Mark. We're on Mark chapter 14, and this week um, the big idea is kind of that even though we, in our own ways, have turned our backs on Jesus and given up on him, Jesus never, ever gives up on us. So with that, let's dive into this week's episode. How you guys doing? Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, all right. So we all know, we all know Avengers Endgame came out last week, all right? You better believe I was there opening night to see it. I was super pumped. And you know what? I was pumped before because I'm a massive Marvel fan. And so what I did is I decided I was going to watch through all the movies to get myself pumped. Uh, Emily told me that it was a huge waste of time and I shouldn't watch all of them, so I just watched the best ones. One of the best ones is a little movie called Captain America Winter Soldier. It is absolutely unreal. Absolutely unreal. And so I was watching it with my brother, and uh, he doesn't like superhero movies, but this one he's like, yo, this is actually a pretty good movie. Um, and so we're watching it, and this scene happens. I was like, man, this is nuts. And so for those of you who haven't seen it, you poor souls, um, essentially, spoiler alert, the Winter Soldier is this bad guy. He's going around killing people, doing bad stuff. He works for Hydra, which is like a spinoff from the Nazis, so you know he's bad. Um, but, spoiler alert, turns out it's Bucky, who is Captain America's best friend, and he's been brainwashed by the Nazis, and he's fighting um, uh, the good guys. He's killing people, and so eventually Captain America's like, all right, I need to stop this guy. He stops him. They're up in a helicarrier, which is like a big floating uh, ship in the sky, Captain America defeats the Winter Soldier. He destroys his plan. And then, all of a sudden, the ship starts to explode. Uh, Bucky, who's Cap's old best friend who's been brainwashed, is stuck under uh, some metal. And then this happens. I'm with you to the end of the line. Such a good movie. And so Bucky walks away, he disappears, and he leaves Captain America there for dead. Spoiler alert, he's, he's okay, he makes it. He gets a third movie and a bunch of other movies. But as I was watching this, I thought to myself, like, man, this is like us and Jesus in such a way. Um... I think that in a way, we're kind of like Bucky, where sin has come into our life, it's brainwashed us, 
and, and, and we turn against Jesus, and Jesus looks at us and he goes, man, you know me. Deep down inside of you, you know what's right and wrong. You know that my law and what's right has been written on your heart. And I don't want to fight you. And even though you think that I'm your enemy and I'm holding you back from what's good, I'm not going to fight. In fact, if you have to kill me in order for you to get that I love you, do it. And what happens, you know, of course, is Jesus dies and he does do that. And he does it to show us that he does love us. And like Bucky, he walks away going, wow, like this guy's not going to fight back. Maybe he's on to something. Maybe he's right. Maybe I do know him. And, th- and that's kind of what, um, what Mark is going to dig into today. So Mark is a book in the Bible written by a guy named John Mark. He was very clever with his title. It's a biography about Jesus. So we've seen Jesus um, show that he's God. We've seen Jesus call a bunch of people to follow him. We've seen him do miracles. Uh, Mitch preached the last time about him cleansing the temple. And he went in there and he flipped some tables and cursed a fig tree and did all that crazy stuff. And so we've seen a lot. And now we come to kind of the end of Mark. Um, there's only two chapters left, and, and we're about to hit the end. And, and what Mark wants us to get uh, today is this. It's that Jesus never gives up on those who've given up on him. So with that, let's dive into Mark chapter 14. It says this. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted when they heard why he had come, and they promised to give him money. So he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go to prepare for the Passover meal? So Jesus sent two of them into Jerusalem with these instructions. As you go into the city, there's going to be a man carrying a pitcher of water. He's going to meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? That guy will then take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. So the two disciples went into the city and found everything that Jesus had said. They prepared the Passover meal there. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the 12. As they were at the table eating, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. One of you eating with me here is going to betray me. Greatly distressed, each one of them turned and and they asked, am I the one? He replied, it's one of you 12 who's eating from this bowl with me. For the son of man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it's going to be for the one who betrays him. It would be better if that man had never been born. As they were eating, Jesus took some of the bread and he blessed it. And he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, take it. This bread is my body. And he took the cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he gave that also to them. And they all drank from it. And he said, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It's poured out for the sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it in the new kingdom of God. And then they sang a hymn. And they went to the Mount of Olives. So a lot in that story. But I really want to highlight the guy named Judas, who's one of Jesus' closest followers. He's one of the 12. He's with them. He's been with them this whole time. And something happens in Judas where Judas all throughout this book has loved money. And it's actually kind of replaced God in in how much he loves it. 
And so Judas, being a guy who loves money, he makes a mistake. And his mistake is that in order to get a few bucks, he decides he's going to sell off Jesus so that, so that he can make some money. And so he arranges to do this. And he heads over to have this meal with Jesus, which is called the Passover Supper. And, and this is a Jewish, um, a Jewish supper that was celebrated. Uh, and it was in celebration of something that happened way back at the beginning of the Bible in a book called Exodus. Uh, so Moses, you might have heard of him, he was a guy who God said, hey, there's this group of people called Israel. I promised them that I'd use them to restore the world away from sin, away from evil, and free it from death and Satan. And they're under the Egyptians. They're slaves. So Moses, I need you to go in there. Tell Pharaoh, hey, let these people out of here. And so Moses goes, all right. He goes, he goes up to Pharaoh, looks him straight in the eye, sand blasting at him. And he's like, hey, God says, let these people go. Stop having them as slaves. Pharaoh kind of laughs and goes, whatever, Moses guy, see you later. And he doesn't listen. And so God sends these things called plagues over and over again, which are like bad things to try and convince Pharaoh to let these people out of slavery. Um, Pharaoh doesn't listen because he's stubborn. Uh, but eventually God sends the last plague. And the last plague is where uh, this angel called the angel of death, which doesn't sound good, comes through all of Egypt. And what happens is he kills every firstborn of anything that's living there. And it gets really dark. But God says, hey, if you want to be saved, you got to take a lamb. You got to sacrifice it. And you got to take its blood and rub it on your door. And the angel of death is going to pass over you. Because of Pharaoh's sin, it's going to hurt everybody. But if you have the blood of the lamb, you're going to be saved. And so this meal they're having is in a celebration of, of, of that God spared their kids, their livestock from this plague, from sin. And what Jesus does is actually this bread and wine is all a symbol for that lamb. But Jesus makes it about himself. And he says, actually, I want to tell you something. For years you've thought that this was about that. But I'm telling you it's actually about me. I'm going to go to a cross and shed my own blood, break my own body, so that sin and death passes over you. Yeah, be blessed. And so um, what happens there is, is, is that happens, and Judas is sitting right there, knowing full well that he's betrayed him. And Jesus actually shares this meal with him. He actually offers him his blood and his body. He offers him forgiveness. Because here's the thing. It's real easy for us to go like, man, that Judas guy's an idiot. Like, what a loser. He's the guy who betrayed Jesus. We don't like him. But I want to tell you that that's actually you. And it's actually me. Because each of us in our own way have chosen to look at sin instead of God. And every time we sin, we then obey that instead of Jesus. And for Judas, it was money. For you, it might be popularity. It, 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 it might be uh, relationships. It might be money. It, it might be just yourself, where you are your own idol and self like Pharaoh was. And because of that, we've all betrayed Jesus in our own way. And Jesus, instead of sitting there and doing what we do and goes, dude, you screwed up. He instead offers us a seat at the table and goes, hey, here's my blood. Here's my body. I want you to experience forgiveness. See, Jesus didn't give up on us, even though we betrayed him. But the story 
keeps going. I uh, don't know if you know the Easter story. Uh, Jesus doesn't just have a happily every after with the meal, and Jesus is like, hey, everything's good. I ain't going to betray you. Let's get out of here. It gets worse. It says on the way, so they get up from this meal. They're leaving. On the way, Jesus told them, every single one of you is going to desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep are going to be scattered. But after I'm raised from the dead, I'll go ahead of you to Galilee, and I'm going to meet you there. Peter said to him, even if everybody deserts you, I never will. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times. No, Peter declared. Even if I have to die with you, I'll never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. And so Peter they're on this walk, and Jesus is like, hey, I just want to let you guys know, you're all going to deny that you follow me. You're, you're not going to tell people that, that you're one of my peeps. Uh, you're just going to say you don't even know me. And Peter gets, like, upset. He's like, what are you, what are you saying? You're saying I'm not going to tell people who you are? Are you kidding me, Jesus? I'm, I'm going to die with you. That's how much I, I follow you. I'm passionate. And Jesus is like, man, this very night, you're going to deny me at least three times. And, and Peter's still in denial. He's like, no way, no way. And all the 12 are like, yeah, we're never going to leave. But you know the story. <laughs> it, goes, it goes through. Peter denies him three times. All the disciples leave him as we're about to see. Everybody abandons him. Everybody denies him. And in the same way, just like Judas, we do the same. We're like Peter. Um, a couple of years ago, I... I sinned, and I did something that I shouldn't have, and I felt horrible. And as I was sitting there, I, I prayed, and I was like, you know what, God? I'm sorry. Forgive me. But I vow to you, I'm never going to do that again, ever. And I, I heard God say to me, yeah, you will. You will. And, and here's the thing. You're going to mess up. You're going to screw up. You're going to do it. You're a human being. But I want you to know that I'm still here. I want you to know that I'll still meet you in Galilee after it's all said and done. I want you to know that even if you sin and screw up, you can still come to me. Because I think sometimes we're scared that, like, when we mess up, that God doesn't love us anymore. He's like, well, that's the last time. You, 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 you did it now. I'm done. I've given up on you. I'm over. I'll see you later. Jesus is saying he's not like that. Because even though he knows all this is going to happen, he still wants to meet with these guys. And spoiler alert, he's still going to use them to build his church later on. Because here's the thing. You might have this false self-confidence about yourself like Peter, and you're going to be let down. But if you actually realize, you know what, I know I'm broken. I know I'm messed up. Jesus, I know that there's going to be times where I'm going to deny you with my actions and my thoughts. But I want to know that I can always come to you. And Jesus goes, yes, you can always come to me. Because Jesus doesn't give up on us, even when we deny him. But there's a little bit more before this kind of chapter is wrapped up. So let's read. So they're on their way. They're walking. And then they go to the olive grove called Gethsemane, which is a nice, uh, a nice word to say. And Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. And he took Peter, James, and John, his best friends with him. And, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. And he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here 
keep watch with me. And he went on a little farther, and then he fell to the ground, and he prayed that if it were possible, that the awful hour awaiting him might pass by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything's possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. There we go. Uh, There we go. And then he returned and he found the disciples asleep. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me for even an hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give up into temptation. For the spirit's willing, but your body's weak. And then Jesus left them again and he prayed the same prayer as before. And when he returned to them again, he found them sleeping. And they couldn't keep their eyes open. And they didn't know what to say. And then he returned to them a third time, and he said, go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But no, the time's come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up. Let's get going. Look, my betrayer is here. And immediately, even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests, the teachers of the religious law, and the elders. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You'll know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Then you can take him away under your guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Jesus. Rabbi, he exclaimed, and he gave him the kiss. And then the others grabbed Jesus and they arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing his ear off. Jesus asked them, am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come to me with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me when I was in the temple? I was there among you teaching every single day. But these things are happening to fulfill what scripture says about me. And then all his disciples deserted him and ran away. One young man following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. And when the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt. And he ran away naked. And so you know the story. Jesus goes away. He dies. Rises again three days. But I want to highlight that really weird last verse. What's with the naked guy (laughs) running away (laughs) from the scene? That's a little weird. Why why did Mark put that in there? That's awkward. I don't know about you, but that's that's a verse you don't like have as your phone background or something. You're like, and then the naked man ran away. Um, and, and, And I think... What's going on here is actually really deep. Um, a lot of Bible scholars actually say that this is Mark. That this guy running away in fear, losing his clothes, and, and running off naked into the forest is Mark. And the reason why Mark puts this story in here is because he wants us to understand something. That sometimes we sit here and think, oh yeah, that's never me. I'd never do that. I heard someone say that this week. They were like, I would never betray Jesus and run away. I would stand strong. But every single one of those guys left him, including the guy who wrote this book. And what Mark is trying to say here is this, is that in your life, you can think of times, I don't need to pry it out of you. You know that there are times where you've ran away from God, where God has been there and he's doing something, and, but the mob is forming around you and you go, I don't know what to do. Following Jesus is hard. I want to do this thing. They want me to do this thing. I'm going to do it. And you flee and you run in the opposite direction of God. 
and what Mark wants you to know is that just because you've ran away, just because there is a time in your life where you've ran away and you've been stripped of your clothes by sin, you feel naked and ashamed and awkward and weird, and, and you don't want to be in front of Jesus again because it's a little awkward standing there naked because uh, he, he knows what you've done. But Mark wants you to know that just because that, that you've abandoned Jesus doesn't mean he wants to not use you anymore. Because this guy who was a failure turned out to, to write this book. He's the reason why I've been able to stand up here and teach you guys this book. Like if he didn't, if he didn't continue with Jesus, if God didn't use him, I don't know if, what, what I would be saying right now. And we would lose a book from the Bible. But here's the thing. Jesus doesn't give up on us, even when we abandon him, even when we run the other way, even when we choose sin over him. Jesus isn't like, that's it, I'm done, I'm out. Instead, he wants to use us. Because Jesus, he never gives up on those who've who've given up on him. And we all in our own way have given up on him. But that's not the end of the story. And so for you, three questions, all right? I want you to think about this. Uh, first question, do you actually know that even though you've betrayed Jesus, even though you've turned to sin, that you've kind of traded him in for something else, that he still died for you? Does that actually sink in or is that just a fact that hits you and you're like, yeah, whatever? Because if that's it, man, that's bad. <laughs> and there's also the other side where some of you are like, man, there's no way that he died for me. I'm too messed up. Which is thinking, no, you don't get it, I did. You can never do something big enough that my blood still doesn't cover you. Second is this. Do you know that even though you've denied Jesus, he still loves you? Even when your friends have asked, hey, are you a Christian and you've said no, Jesus still loves you. Even when you've done that thing you know you shouldn't have and you got in trouble for it, Jesus still loves you. Even when everybody is going, yo, you messed up, we're out, we're done, that's not Jesus. He still loves you, despite what you've done. And lastly, this. Do you know that even though you've abandoned Jesus and ran away, that he still wants to use you? That even when you run, he's not like, that's it. No more. You just get to be a D-level Christian, and you get to just make it to heaven barely, and you can sit on the outside of the kingdom or whatever. No, he still wants to use you. Mark went on to write this book and change lives. He was a missionary. He did all kinds of crazy things for Jesus. Just because he ran away doesn't mean God still doesn't want to use you. Because Jesus never gives up on those who've given up on him. So with that, I'm going to pray. Um, and then you guys can into small groups. Uh, dear God, I want to thank you for tonight. I thank you that we have the ability to gather together and learn about you. Um, God, I thank you that even though we've turned our backs on you, um, that you still love us, that you still died for us, that you offer us a seat at the table. And that you want to use us. God, help us to understand that, that like that video clip at the beginning, um, even though we're sitting there and we're totally on the wrong side, you look at us and you say, hey, man, you can do all you want to me. But I'm telling you, I'm with you to the end of the line. God, help us to understand that. Help us to realize that even when we mess up, that nothing's too big for you to cover. That there's nothing that's going to stand in the way between us and you. You'll kick it down. You'll tear it down. You'll leave the 99 for the one. God, help us to know that. And Jesus, 
help change us so that it doesn't keep happening. Help make us bold and give us strength because we honestly can't do it on our own, but with you we can do anything. Um, I want to thank you for tonight and all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.